0: I want to share God's word with you today, and uh, the title of my sermon is this, God takes revenge. Can we say amen to that? Uh, (laughs) Now you know why why I was talking about the the nature of God. (laughs) It's very hard to say amen to that. God takes revenge. If you have your Bibles, please turn with me to 2 Kings chapter 9, verse 30 to 37, Second Kings chapter nine was thirty to thirty seven. If you're there, I would like to read that passage for you. Then Jehu went to Jezreel. When Jezebel heard about it, she put on eye makeup, arranged her hair and looked out of the window. As Jehu entered the gate, she asked, have you come in peace, you Zimri, you murderer of your master? He looked up at the window and called out, who is on my side? Who? Two or three Enochs looked down at him. Throw her down, Jehu said. So they threw her down and some of her blood splattered on the wall and the horses as they trampled her underfoot. Jehu went in, ate and drank. Take care of that cursed woman, he said, and bury her, for she was a king's daughter. But when they went out to bury her, they found nothing except her skull, her feet, and her hands. They went back and told Jehu, who said, This is the word of the Lord that he spoke through his servant Elijah, the Tishbite. On the plot of the ground at Jezreel, dogs will devour Jezebel's flesh. Jezebel's body will be like a dung on the ground in the plot at Jezreel, so that no one will be able to say, this is Jezebel. Amen. Now this passage, as we go through it, can I tell you something, it may not be the most, most motivational passage to read. However, there is a message that we can get from this passage that will comfort us. So before we go into that message, let's bow down our heads in prayer. Father... Help us to unpack your word, and help us to understand who you are. Help us to live by it, in Jesus' name we pray, amen. In this story, we see two main characters. We see Jehu, who was the king of Israel, and also we see Jezebel. Now, we are all familiar with this woman called Jezebel, right, because she's a wicked woman. She did things against the Lord. She was against God, and against God's people. She came from a non-Israelite background and married an Israelite king called Ahab and she became the queen of Israel. Now, instead of leading people in the right ways, instead of leading people in the ways of God, she led them into the worship of Baal. She led them into spiritual adultery. She led them into the worship of false gods, false practices, and she encourages encouraged these things to grow rapidly in Israel. If you look at her... Her husband and this woman, you know, they were responsible for so many wicked things to happen in Israel. And so what had happened is God had spoken a prophecy, a word of prophecy through Elijah, Elijah saying that this woman will be destroyed, that her whole family will be destroyed. If you want to read that passage, it's in First Kings chapter 21, verse 17 to 23. It says like this, Then the word of the Lord came to Elijah, the Tishbite, go and meet Ahab, king of Israel, who rules in Samaria. He is now in Naboth's vineyard where he has gone to take possession of it. Say to him, this is what the Lord says, have you not murdered a man and seized his property? Then say to him, this is what the Lord says, in the place where dogs licked up Naboth's blood, dog will lick up your blood. Yes, yours. Now, as you come to this passage, you see The nature of God revealed that He is the God who avenges evil. He is the God who takes revenge. Amen. It's very hard for us to understand that fact because many times we like to see God as someone who is like a fairy, you know, like an angel, someone who's so calm, so soft that you can throw whatever you want at Him, He won't react. You know, the kind of God that is portrayed, you know, when I look at the series called The Chosen and I look at the portrayal of Jesus and somehow I feel in the back of my heart it's wrong because Jesus was the kind of cool person that you may think of. Many times God is portrayed in a different way but when you look at the Bible, the Bible reveals to us who God is because here we see that Ahab and his wife Jezebel have killed an innocent man just to grab property. And what happens is, God says, in the same place where dogs licked up Naboth's blood, dog will lick up your blood. It's a very, very, you see, because back in the day, kings and queens, they would like to be, you know, like recently we watched the um, the Queen of England pastor, away, Right? You saw how the procession was and how they buried the queen, and of course we cannot see the private ceremonies, but you saw it was like a great celebration, not a celebration, but like a memorial service, held for the queen, like celebrating her life and everything that she has done. In the same way, kings back in the day would be buried like that. But God says, you're not going to get that. Because you killed an innocent man. And if you, if you go to verse 23, God says, and also concerning Jezebel, the Lord says, dogs will devour Jezebel by the wall of Jezebel. So as we look at this passage, we get to understand the nature or one of the attributes of God. And what we learn here is that God takes revenge. God is a revenge taker. <laughs> And I want to share with you more on this passage. I don't know how this makes you feel. It makes you feel bad or it makes you feel like I'm in the wrong church. But I want to share God's word with you. Turn with me to Deuteronomy chapter 32 verse 35. Deuteronomy 30 to 35. It says like this, it is mine to avenge. And God says, I will repay. In the due time their foot will slip and their day of disaster is near and their doom rushes upon them what is God saying it is mine to avenge as we look at the Bible there is one instruction we receive that we you and I not allowed to take revenge so there can be people who will come in our life and cheat us, manipulate us abuse us and Bible instructs us saying don't take revenge which means don't pay back for what they did to you because it is God's work And that is why when people hurt us, it's better to move away from that place than to sit there and think, how can I attack them again? Or what can I say that will hurt them? When somebody hurts you, receive that hurt, thank God for it because every hurt teaches you something. And move away from that place because God will take care of the rest. When we look at our life, you know, there are times we've been cheated by people, right? Anybody who has not been hurt by people, no, we've been good to people. However, for some reason, they cause harm to us, harm to us. And sometimes, you know, we may wonder, God, how about you give them the taste of, our, of what they did to us? How about I do something? I remember back in the day before I got saved, I was, I was quite violent. And anybody hurts me or says something, I will immediately give back. Uh, and also, I will get into physical fights. I would immediately punch and, and do something. Because I wanted to uh, make them feel what I'm going through. And that's what we all want, right? When somebody hurts us, we want to give them a taste of what they've done to us. We just want to do something to us. But God says, don't do that. Don't take revenge. In Romans 12, verse 19, it says like this. Don't take revenge, my dear friends. But leave room for God's wrath. You, you, you must understand this. And something very important. In our Christian life, in, a, in this relationship that we have with the Lord, when people come against us, when people hurt us without any cause, when they harm us, you know who is going to stand for us? It is God. We, we look at a passage like the story of Jezebel and we may think, oh, that seems very cruel. But do you know how many servants of God she killed Do you know how how many people were killed innocently under her rule? There are people who are crying out saying, God, when will you do something? God says, you don't do, I am going to take care of it. Now, this is a message to all of us today that no matter what we're going through, no matter what we have faced in our life, this is what God speaks to us through his word, saying, don't deal with your enemies. People have come against you. They've hurt you, but don't deal with them. The reason God says is that because he will deal with such people. If there is something that you can do, let go, forgive, forget about that. But sometimes people will say, God, how long will you do this? How long will you be patient with that person? You see, the way God, in which God works is, even with the wrongdoer, even with someone like Jezebel, God was patient for a period of time, hoping that she will repent, but she did not repent. Finally, God gave her the kind of punishment that she deserves. You may wonder, Lord, how long is it going to go? This person is continually hurting me, continually harming me without any cause. But God reminds us through his word that one day he will do something. Now you look at the life of Jezebel, the kind of woman that she was. She might have thought that I am invincible. (laughs) No one can touch me. I am powerful. I've got the power. I've got the wealth. I've got the positions. I've got everything. No one can touch me. But one day out of nowhere, God raises a man called Jehu. And you look at the life of Jehu, it's very interesting. He does, he's so passionate. And Jehu is known as a man who drives his horses, his chariots, like a madman. He's very furious, like a crazy person. God raises up someone like Jehu to destroy Ahab's and Jezebel's family forever. He cuts them off forever. The way he, if you read the later later parts of 2 Kings, you'll get to know that this man throws a feast for the worshippers of Baal. He says, every worshipper of Baal in Israel should come to to the temple because I'm throwing a great feast. He gathered all of them together inside and slaughtered them. This man was so much on fire, Jezebel would have thought, no one is going to come against me. See, that is what people who do harm against us think. What will happen? What power does he have? What what can he do to me? I mean, look at him. He doesn't have the money I have. He doesn't have the wealth I have. He doesn't have the influence I have. He cannot touch me. But I tell you, when God gets down to business, when God gets down to taking revenge, no one can stand before him. No one can stand before him. Sometimes, you know, when we are hurt, our flesh will say, do something. Do something right now. Do something that will hurt them. And that is the exact place where we are supposed to step back and say, God, you take this place. This is something that you're supposed to do. I'm just going to walk away. I'm just going to walk away. You see, what will happen is when you step aside and when you walk away and say, I'm not going to deal with this situation anymore, God will deal it in such a beautiful way where that person will come back to you and will apologize for what they've done. Now, I'm not saying that everybody has to, everyone has to fall at your feet. That's not what I'm advocating here. But I'm teaching you the thought, the idea, the attribute that God takes revenge. When you are hurt, he takes account of that. You see, that is why when God's people are persecuted all over the world, it is not, not like, you know, everyone escapes punishment. He punishes the evildoer. That is what the Bible says. Says He punishes the person who does wrong, the punishes the person who does evil. We look at the life of Jezebel and Ahab. They were filled with so much of evil. They were doing things that really displeases the Lord. But God makes Elijah speak a word saying that you are going to die the same way Naboth died. As we look at this passage, there are a couple of things that we can learn from this. A few things that I want to share with you. The first one is this, God repays every evil. Please write that down, God repays every evil, not some evil, not for some people, but he does for every person. Throughout the centuries, we see God's people afflicted in many ways. Oftentimes, you know, when you're a Christian, they think that they can take advantage of you. People think, oh, he's just a Christian. He's just a nice person. We can say whatever, I don't know if that happens to you, but it happens to me, because I'm a pastor, And and I've always seen this. See, when a a person reacts, it's just a normal reaction, but when a pastor reacts, it'll be like, oh, the pastor said like this, oh, isn't he a man of God? I remember many years ago, uh, this was right after Sunday service, I was a small boy, a man came to fight with my dad, argue with my dad, and um, he, my, so my dad responded back, and uh, this man said, oh, aren't you a pastor? Why are you talking like this? And my dad said, I'm also a human being. I also have emotions running in my heart, you know, in my, in my body. I'm, I'm also a human being. This, you see, when, when we become a certain kind of person, people think that they can say whatever they want and get away with it. Sometimes we may respond, Sometimes we may not respond. People will trick us. They will use us for their own benefit. The moment they see us as Christians behaving in a kind manner, there are people who are ready to take advantage of us. I remember when we moved into this building, there was one person who asked me, so what what place is this? I said, it's a church. And then they were like, why are you here? Why couldn't you find any other place? Because they didn't like us being there. I I just smiled and walked away. We don't have to explain ourselves. See, the moment they get to know that we are Christians, they want to say something. They want to do something that will hurt us. But we must allow God to work. Because one day, that same person will realize that we being in this place is a blessing for them. Amen. We must always allow God to work. People will take advantage of our kind behavior. And we may wonder, what about those who wrong me? What about those who hurt me? What will God do to them? The Bible always says, allow God to avenge. Because at the right time, just as how God raised up Jehu, just as how God did something, he will repay the evil that was done to you. See, Naboth's family, you look at the story, Naboth's family, Naboth refused to give away the piece of land because it belonged to his ancestors. So he had this ancestral connection that he didn't want to give the land away. He he, he may not be as powerful as Jezebel was. Maybe that was the only piece of land he owned. We do not know anything about him. And even if you look up the history of Naboth, there's not much information. There's no information saying that he was a wealthy man or had a lot of vineyards and somehow uh, Ahab took it away. Nothing like that. We don't find any information about him. He seems to be a very, very simple, a very ordinary man. And his family might have wondered, God, what is this situation? My husband is dead, my father is gone. What about our situation? God raises up someone like Jehu. Because, you know, people may forget what they've done. People may do some mistake and just walk away as if it didn't exist. But guess who takes note of it? God takes note. God takes note. And at the right time, he will take revenge. And sometimes, you know, people will ask this question. What if that person repents in between? Let's say if, if God desires to plans to finish off a person. But what if that person repents in between? God will still be gracious to them. Because we see in the story that in, when, when, when the prophet Elijah came and shared the prophecy saying that he's going to die the same way Naboth died, what happens is Ahab humbles himself. He fasts. And God tells Elijah, look at him. He has changed his ways. I'm not going to bring that disaster during his lifetime." So God will delay certain things. He will give opportunities even though he desires to take revenge. But when people don't repent, that is when God gets into action. Because you look at the life of Jezebel. She was a very stubborn woman. If you go back to 2 Kings chapter 9, verse 30 and 31. Verse 30 says like this. Then Jehu went to Jezreel and when Jezebel heard about it. She put on. I makeup, Arranged her hair and looked out of a window. Now, what, what is this woman doing here? Uh, she was, she always adorned herself. She was probably pretty. We do not know. No Facebook, no social media, no Instagram <laughs> to see her pictures. She had prepared, she put makeup on herself when Jehu came because she already heard about it, that Jehu has destroyed certain people and he's coming to destroy her. And what does she do? She puts on eye makeup, arranged her hair, looked out of her window and she asked, Have you come in peace, Yuzimri, your murderer of your master? Now when we read this verse, we will think that, okay, this woman is now trying to seduce Jehu. That's the common understanding that comes. But the truth is, she was not trying to seduce Jehu because the following statement, Have you come in peace, you Zimri, murderer of your master, it means something else. She was not trying to seduce Jehu, but you know what she was trying to do? She knew she was going to die, but she anyway wanted to die in style. That's what she's trying to do. She's putting on eye makeup, arranged her hair, looked out of her window, why? She knew, I'm going to die now. Either way, let me die in style. You see how arrogant this woman, woman was. Even at the end of her life, she did not give up who she was. She didn't care about what she did. She didn't care about the consequences of her action. When she wanted something, all she cared about is getting it anyway, even if it means killing a person, destroying anybody. She did it. And you know what God does? He destroys her completely. What you see here is that God takes revenge. Now, some might say that, well, pastor... This is the Old Testament. It doesn't happen in the New Testament anymore. Let me quote another verse to you. 2 Timothy 4.14. 2 Timothy 4.14. Paul writes to Timothy and he says, Alexander the metal worker did me a great deal of harm. In the second statement, the Lord will repay. Is he saying I pray that the Lord will repay? He's saying the Lord will do it because that's his nature. The Lord will repay him for what he has done. So Paul suffered harm by by this man called Alexander, the metal worker. And Paul's understanding was, he did this to me, God will take care of him. Which means God continues to take revenge even to this day. I I hear preachers, I hear certain Bible teachers say today that the Old Testament is not needed. The Old Testament is outdated. The Old Testament is not like a very accurate revelation of God. Because their argument is everything that we see in Jesus is the perfect revelation of God. Of course, Jesus revealed who the Father is to us, everything that is good. But you cannot ignore the revelation of God in the Old Testament. When Jesus walked on this earth, he also got angry. He started whipping people in the temple. He did certain things. And what, what often happens is people take that one aspect of the life of Jesus and say that this is how it is. But the truth is, God took revenge in the Old Testament and he does the same thing today. I don't know if you're hurt by people. I don't know if you're hurt by what people have said to you, spoken to you. Whatever it is, God will deal with it in the right way. God will deal it in the right way. It may be beyond your understanding. It may not be in your time, but don't worry. God has a way of dealing with it. Amen? Are you with me? So as we look at the life of Jehu, life of Jezebel, there is a message of comfort for us today that God takes care of those who do evil. The second thing I want to share with you, there's one more thing, but the second thing I want to share with you is this. Don't be afraid of people who hurt you. See, when when you're hurt by people, what happens is we have this tendency to become afraid of whatever has happened to us. We have, like, you know, like one relationship broke, one marriage ended up in divorce, and then things went wrong, you know, cheated financially or whatever, whatever happened. We may think that, okay, this partner did this to me, the man whom I trusted the most did this to me, whatever. Now. We may think that, oh, I shouldn't get married at all. I shouldn't get into a relationship at all. I've had young people who come to me and say, Pastor, this man did this to me. He did this to me. She did this to me. And I don't want to be in a relationship again. You see, we should never be afraid of who hurt us. We should never be afraid of how people have treated us because God will deal with those people. We have to continue to be the way God wants us to be. I remember long back, I was preaching a sermon. I was pouring my heart out on a Sunday evening. And after the Sunday service got over, someone came up to me and said, the sermon was not good. People give all sorts of feedback when you're a young pastor. And you know I felt very bad. I was like, I've poured my heart and soul into this sermon. Because <laughs> I do take a lot of time to prepare one sermon. And I was like, maybe I shouldn't preach again. Maybe I shouldn't put that effort again. It's a very wrong thing to do. There is a way in which God has called you and I to be. And we shouldn't be afraid of hurt in our life. Because when people hurt us, God will take care of them. We shouldn't change ourselves and become a different kind of person. I tell you, there are young people today who have decided, I'm not going to get married. Because my parents went through a lot. I'm not going to step into another relationship, another marriage. Because my first one ended up very badly. My spouse was really bad. That's a very bad thing to do. That's a very bad thing to do. See, the more we live like that, we are afraid of what hurt us. The Bible reminds us that God has not given us the spirit of fear. He wants us to continue to be the kind of person that he wants us to be. You know, I look at the life of Elijah. He says, God, take my life. I'm the only one left. This, this woman Jezebel has killed everyone. God says, I have people. I have men of God have servants who have not bowed down to Baal you look at the life of Elijah there were times in his life he felt that he cannot do the prophetic work that God has called him to do but God encourages him and he continues to be the prophet that God wants him to be he never let that hurt and never let that fear overtake his life There are some of you who are seated here and I I sense in my spirit today that you allowed a certain kind of fear to overtake your life and you've been feeling like maybe I cannot do this again. Maybe I cannot be like that person again. Don't be afraid of those who hurt you. Don't be afraid of the people who have abused you. Continue to be the person that God has called you to be. Finally, I want to share one more point and it's very much connected to the second one. That is, don't allow hurt to rule your life. You know, when we are hurt, when we are wounded by people, what happens is, next thing is, that hurt becomes our master. We're con- constantly under that, you know, that thought, oh, they did this to me, oh they, oh, they did that to me. Let that go. It's okay, people will hurt you. The reality in life is that you'll be hurt as long as you are alive. Even if you're 99 years old, have no teeth and you're not able to hear clearly, your eyesight is poor, still there'll be someone to hurt you. Whatever stage of life you are in, this is how the earth is. If you want to live in a place without any hurt, we have to go to heaven soon. That's the only place. But as long as we are here, people will hurt us. But how do we deal with it? Allow God to take care of it and continue to live life in the way God has called you to live. There are so many times, I remember early days of ministry, I, I told my family, I said, I'm not, I don't want to live in this place anymore. I just want to pack my bags and leave the city. I don't want to be here because people are rude sometimes. I mean, I'm not saying the city, the people in the city are rude, but there are some people whom I met who are very rude, very sarcastic, you know, very uh, demeaning. And I felt like I've sacrificed my life and I've come here to the city and people treat this way. But I've come to realize that the more you grow, the more comments you'll hear, the more things, you know, people will leave you one day. One day a person came to me and said, oh, God wants me to leave this church. (laughs) All sorts of, you're going to face all sorts of things. People who've been close to me like a brother, like a friend, overnight they leave saying, God wants me to leave this church. And I wonder, God, why? What did I do wrong? Did I do something, did I say something? And then immediately my mind tells me, okay, don't, you know, be close to any person anymore. Just just stay away from people. All these changes happen. But what God reminds me through his word is, be the person that I have created you to be. Be the person that God has created you to be. You may be a person who's soft-spoken, who's, who is who, a certain kind of personality, or you may be a person who is an extrovert, a certain kind of personality. Don't change that because people hurt you over and over again. Continue to be the kind of person that he wants you to be because God will take care of those who do evil. You don't have to worry about them. You don't have to think, oh, why should I live life this way? Nobody understands me. Get over all that and say, God, I know you will take care of it for me. When I look at the story of Jehu, Ahab, Jezebel, and Naboth, we see God's righteous judgment coming down. We see the life of Paul. He makes the same statement saying, God will repay him for what he has done. As we look at all this, we can be sure of one thing, that God is the God of wrath. That he will do what he wants to do. That he will take revenge. Our responsibility is to allow God to do his work in our life. Amen. Now, as I conclude the sermon, it may not be a very favorable sermon or a very nice sermon to hear, but something that we all need. Something that we all need. I tell you, when I began to understand the wrath of God, understand the, mercy, the righteousness of God, the anger of God, the uh, revenge of God, it gave me a lot of comfort. Because I know there's someone who looks after me. Recently my son was down playing in the apartment, play area, and some boys came and bullied my son. He's just three years old, and, and little children, someone came and bullied my son, and my wife was telling me, you should have been there. Definitely, I thought to myself I would have been there because I would have picked him up by the collar. Because you know why? I'm the father. I protect my child. You think you know, someone can touch my child and just walk away. You know who you are? You are the child of God. And how do you think God will just, you know, look over every hurt that you face? Sometimes we think God doesn't do care about what I go through. I tell you, he truly cares. He will deal it in the right way at the right time. Be patient. The Bible says don't take revenge. Leave room for God's wrath. He will take care of it. Amen. Let's stand up in prayer.